Hello gorgeous humans, welcome to episode 12 of Emma's Happy List. I'm Emma and today I've got a beautiful soul ready to bear her heart to all of us. Her name is Shima, she's currently over in Italy but I'll let her tell you all about what she's up to. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. Hey Shima! Hey, hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm all good. You okay? Yes, thank you. Good. Um, thank you so much for coming on to Emma's Happy List and being willing to share some of your story and some of your happiness with everybody else. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's okay. I've, I have actually have a confession to make already. I've sort of told a little wee white lie there when you asked me, am I okay? I drank too much rum yesterday. Mm -hmm. yeah it was quite naughty so but actually what's really interesting is today it's quite it's an important day because today I've actually had to visit my happy list for the intent and purposes that I created my happy list okay I'll talk to you about that later though but so before (laughs) we go into that why don't you introduce yourself to everyone who's listening and then we'll let everyone know how you and I met Yes, great. Okay, um, so this is Shima, and um, well, I'm 35 years old. I was born and raised in Iran, and uh, but currently I am living. Well, I live in Italy. Yeah, and um, can I just say as well, you do not look like you're 35 years old. That is, that is a stretch for anyone's imagination. Just saying. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, great. Okay. Um so yes, um I came to Italy in 2012 and um I used to live in a small city in northern Italy called Torino. That's where I actually met Emma. It's hardly a small city, really. Yeah, you're right. It's quite a big city, Turin. Good well, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to explain for everyone who's not familiar with Italy, you may know Torino as its um English name Turin. Um yeah, quite a so actually what's really interesting about Turin is it's in a little bit of a dip, isn't it? So it gets like quite a lot of rain in comparison to the rest of Italy. Correct, yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's very very cute, very lovely place. And um for me it's the kindest place on the planet. Yeah. And where are you now? I am now living in Milan. And how is that in comparison? Um, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, we've had this discussion though. So obviously you moved to Milan literally, what was it, the day of lockdown over in Italy? Uh, well, it, it's even worse than that. Um, when I moved to Milan, um, two days later, I was told that my dearest cousin, um passed away in Paris. Oh so it's I so had to go to Paris. Uh and then when I came back after a couple of days there was the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't leave this tiny little apartment for a good two months. Yeah. And uh even when uh we were out of that very, very strict lockdown I I didn't I didn't really go out. Yeah. And how, so how was that? Because obviously I think different places um, has had various like um, degrees of lockdown, but obviously being in Italy, it was quite, um, 
quite a strong response. It was, um, no, it was very scary here. Yeah. Um, and we actually lived the longest and the hardest quarantine in Europe. Yeah, because you were in Milan as well, which is where it was all kind of centralized. But in spite of that, have you been able to find little pockets of joy in your time, little, you know, things that, you know, make you feel grateful? Yes. Um, not easy, but yes. I, I experienced a lot of ups and downs um, during this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I... Um, what happened to me was that I, I I had a lot of noticing because I had all of this time yeah. and I didn't have the distractions that I always had mm. to go out to do this and that. So I was there and nothing else. So I had to face things and I had to actually make sense of what I was going through and I was going through a lot yeah and do you know what that will resonate with so many people I've had numerous conversations with people who have said exactly the same thing it's like you can't distract yourself you can't you know go off and do your usual thing you literally have to sit there and sort of look in the mirror a little bit and you know appreciate what's happening but we'll go into maybe a happy list in a sec but why don't we tell everyone how we met um all right i'm going to tell everyone how i met you and i how how i got to know you mm-hmm. and you tell everyone that the same thing about me about okay that. yeah sounds okay. like a plan yeah so um the first time i saw this girl she was sitting on a sofa in a school where we were working together and um it was nine in the morning i hadn't slept well the night before and i, I had a headache and i saw this pretty little girl with that big smile on her face and she was like oh what's your name and then I said hi my name is Shima and you said where are you from I was like okay that's a very long story it's not the right time I'm gonna tell you in there (laughs) and then um so that's how we met that's how I remember and um and then we 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 got along very well and we had a lot of coffee time and a lot of ice cream time together yeah we did yes and then uh it was so nice and beautiful and uh, probably you were the only person on the planet who listened to the stories that I was writing (laughs) oh I love your stories I absolutely adore your stories so you're (laughs) a very talented writer and you should you know you should remember that when you uh want to uh, pursue creative projects and stuff (laughs) so if I'm so let's rewind then for me so I I was new in the school so essentially Shima and I were teaching um, in an Italian school but it was a private school so it wasn't just um, like traditional school year groups that we think of over here but it was adults and kids and teenagers and individuals and groups and like you name it we were teaching it so we were teaching English. Um, we also had to teach businesses as well. So there's like a varying amount of, which I really enjoyed. I found it really good that it wasn't just like sort of straight and narrow teaching. It was very much, you know, there was a lot going on. Um, and what I loved about Shima is the fact that um, I wasn't very talented. I didn't have enough patience for the kids, but you literally have the patience of an absolute saint like these kids drove me up the wall and like 
you were just you it was like they you were like fairy godmother of, of the children like they would just <laughs> follow you around and listen to every single word you said um <laughs> yeah so I just remember you being just like the absolute queen of the children and I was like oh my gosh give me the adults and the teenagers I need <laughs> I need space here <laughs> I'm good with kids but I'm not good with teenagers Ah, oh, see, I can get along with teenagers. I can put a smile on their face quite easily. So yeah, we bounced off each other quite well within that respect, didn't we? We were very sort of um, yin and yang in terms of our teaching styles and stuff. And yeah, I just remember um, there was just this time. So towards my the end of my time in Turin, I was going through a very like difficult time. And you were just like the kindest human, the, the kindest human. And I will always be grateful to you for sort of literally just like, you you fed me you listened to me moan you like gave me tissues when I was crying you just literally gave me the support that I was sort of lacking because I was in a different country from like my support network like your family and stuff so yeah you were you became my family in that sense I would say oh great sweet thanks that's all right thank you for saying that all true I was thinking about it Emma I was um I was thinking about it that why um why you were there in Torino mm-hmm. um you weren't going through the best time of your life definitely True. that was very hard and um but I was always impressed by how um uh, how put together you were and I know I I knew that you were all by yourself and you were you were going through a lot but you always had a smile on your face. You were never grumpy. And um, and it was impressingly beautiful the way you carried yourself on that time. And I was always thinking, oh, my God, this girl is perfect. And then, <laughs> but then um, you, you left Italy. And I remember the last time we met, we had a walk and we talked. And again, we had another ice cream. Yes, and, we did. Uh, <laughs> And an Aperol spritz, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. And then um, you left and you had an experience. Um, well, you experienced a very different life in New Zealand. And um, and when you came back, it, I think it was after a year and a half that you yep. came back. And um, we met. We didn't have ice cream. We had wine. We did. <laughs> and uh and then you were a different person your energy was different the way you talked was different you talked about different things and um and I could really feel how well you have gone through that difficult time and how well you have come out of it and how much you have learned and um and it was absolutely beautiful for me to see that oh that's so kind thank you you're gonna make me cry stop it (laughs) stop it immediately let's talk about things right so happy list then did you have a happy list before um like before I must have shown you my happy list when when I came home did I um no I didn't okay I I had I would have had it on me but did you have one before start you started listening to the podcast or have you started one since or what's the situ Okay, the situ is that I never had a happy list, mm-hmm. um, but um, something that I sometimes did was that I wrote down 
um, my happy moments uh, before I went to bed. Nice. And are you willing to share something today? Um, about my happy list? Yeah. Um, freedom. Yeah. Oh, that must be like a huge one at the moment as well. Just having that realization of how much, well, I, I certainly take it for granted. I don't know about you, but it's only when it's sort of taken away, you realize how much freedoms you have, not only with like your movements and stuff, but with how, what you can talk about and all of this sort of thing. Yes, exactly. And, um, well, freedom, independence, um, the ability to make a decision and uh what because i've been deprived of these basic things for for three months now yeah and um and then uh then i realized the importance of these very very tiny little decisions on a daily basis and um how effective these decisions were on my well-being yeah and uh, What's, what's your example of that? Can you think of an example that um, someone might be able to uh, sort of resonate with uh, that's listening? Okay. Um, so when, when I found myself um, locked inside my apartment, I realized that I wanted to go out and choose a bar, walk into that bar and have my favorite coffee and water. <laughs> something easy, something simple, not, not a very big, big thing. Yeah. Do you know what? I absolutely love doing that as well. I just love when you just wake up and you can be like, Oh, I really fancy and lovely coffee. So yeah. like, and it's, it's extra special, isn't it? When it's made by somebody else and it's made like professionally. It's so, and obviously Italian coffee is something else. Yeah. And uh, there is always an Italian barman that yeah. definitely flirts with you. I don't know <laughs> in the morning. Let's not talk about Italians right now. <laughs> no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding you are right though they uh they live up to their name they know how to um schmooze their customers into uh having another coffee or another brioche or whatever the case may be yeah, yeah okay. so you so if you were to start um start your own happiness then you think independence and freedom would sort of be a very key key one like exercising that right to you know do whatever the hell you want and to all that comes with it um, all those tiny decisions that actually freedom entails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you like, let's talk about, let's take this one step further then um, with like freedom and independence. So if money were no object, if like family and social constraints and everything were irrelevant and you literally had the freedom to do whatever you wanted, not just on this planet, but in the universe, what would you do with that freedom? Without freedom? No, with that freedom. With that freedom. Okay, right now? Yeah, right now. All right. Uh, can I take you with me? Yeah, of course you can. You can do whatever you want. No rules apply. So I would take you and I would take Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Um, yeah, you and Nelson Mandela and we would go to Hawaii. Oh, nice destination. I'm keen. Having, having, having a drink inside a coconut, oh. uh, being under the blue skies. Yeah, that sounds delightful. Um, I would choose a pina colada in which case. <laughs> Get me one ready. 
um if if i so if i pose this question to myself um and like if there was no danger involved as well so like obviously fear holds back a lot of, th- of people from doing a lot of things but um i'm currently going through a phase in my life where i'm just obsessed with like the universe and like this and space and um astrophysics and lots of stuff like this so i would probably go and plonk myself up on the moon for a bit and just have a little gander up at the moon like i've not even seen half of like our own planet yet i mean i've seen a lot of the planet but not nearly enough but i don't know at the moment i'm quite curious to see the planet from a different perspective so i would you're welcome to join me for a pina colada on the moon if you wish (laughs) all right how does that sound (laughs) sweet And then I think in general, (laughs) yes, I think in general, so if this, if these rules applied for my entire life, um, I would, I think everyone who knows me knows what I would do. I would literally just go traveling and snowboarding around the world and yeah, trying to sort of experience and um, integrate myself with as many cultures and languages and people and experiences as I possibly could, because like what could be more fulfilling than that just having a gigantic bucket list and working your way through it exactly um well i have a very um strange background well i and i have a very strange family too we have in my family there are different um different uh countries involved mm-hmm. different religions are involved and uh basically each one of us lives in a different country and uh, so I, I find it absolutely um, rewarding to go and see how other people are living and what makes them happy and, and then compare it with what you have and what makes you happy. And um, for me, it's like um, it gives me a new pair of eyes. Yeah, a new perspective. Well, yeah. how do you find that, though, Shima, with your family sort of scattered around the place? Like obviously some people rely on their support networks like their families and they rely on having them super close um Mm. whereas other people you know like yourself you've you're accustomed to sort of having people in different places how is that when you know when say for example you do just want a little chat with someone who knows you quite well and that Mm. sort of thing how does that go for you well um well i hardly ever pay for hotels so that's (laughs) bonus yes the sheer fact of actually spending time traveling to go somewhere and see someone Mm -hmm. or when you see someone caring to come to you uh driving a thousand kilometers to come to you that's that's beautiful yeah yes um but then on the other hand um the last time uh, we all had a picture in which all of us were present was 10 years ago Wow, that sounds like you need a reunion. Reunion on the cards, a decade reunion. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's not always um, possible because, well, my mom and my dad are in Iran. And, um, well, at the moment, I don't think they can travel. Um, do you know, yeah, do you know what, though, as well? So I remember having a conversation with you. So Iran had never really been on my radar um i was very much like stereotypically concerned with like asia and new zealand and all those types of places whereas um like middle eastern countries persian um sort of 
descendants descendants that that sort of part of the world had had kind of passed me by i guess until i met you and you sold it to me you were like oh my gosh no you need to see the mountains you need to see the colors so give i'm just going to give you the opportunity now to um to explain to those people who are listening what iran is actually like you know from an insider's perspective oh thank you thank you for for giving me this chance um uh well iran um well, well it's it's quite sad what's happening in iran it's it's very sad what's happening in iran because um what is projected uh through social media or mass media is that it's a horrible dangerous scary place to go to Mm-hmm. But then you go there and you'll see that people are doing absolutely the same thing that other people are doing in the rest of the world. Yeah. So you go there and it's um and it's absolutely different from what you expected it to be. I am from um the capital city Tehran. So uh my city is all about highways, traffic, nightlife and uh dressing dressing up going out having fun yeah like a normal city absolutely well the best parties i've ever been to they have all been in in, in tehran in iran yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything um is the same it's except that um you do you do everything um in a different way because you know what you feel is different from what the government is imposing on you so mm-hmm. you will find a way to do what you want to do in typical human fashion <laughs> yeah and that makes it even better yeah for sure you know I mean? yeah. so if that's the city then what's the countryside and then you go to the countryside we've got deserts and uh, deserts are beautiful um breathtaking really and we've got northern part of iran and uh, there is this um area which is stuck between the mountains and the Caspian Sea. Yeah. And that place is the greenest, the most beautiful place you ever see. And um, the only place that reminds me of the northern part of Iran is Switzerland. Um, Oh, okay. Switzerland, yes. Because you see the mountains, you see the the little sea or the lake. And... um, Yes, and then so we've got, you've got jungles, you've got forests, you've got traffic, you've got <laughs> pollution, and then you've got deserts. Yeah. Uh, then there are, um, there, but then there are the most beautiful um, historic sites you could ever imagine. Yeah, literally. So this is what I meant by the misconceptions of Iran and just having to, someone to put them straight is just so refreshing because without your voice right now, like most people wouldn't even be aware of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. So, um, well, you must have heard something about Persian, Persian Greek war. Yeah. Yeah. So if you travel to Iran, you get to see where those Persians actually lived. That's incredible. And, um, and when Alexander the Great uh, invaded Persia and set Persepolis on fire, you could go and see the remains of Persepolis. Amazing. And I'm and well then, into my history as well. So that type of thing would really be right up my alley. <laughs> yes. And then uh, one of the oldest 
religions in the world, which is called uh, Zoroastrianism. I'm okay. not sure if I'm pronouncing it well, but uh, people who worshipped fire and um, um, you could go, you could go to, um, there is that city in the middle of Iran called Yazd and over there you can see a fire that has been on for more than a thousand years. Whoa. <laughs> because they basically worship that fire and That's those people crazy. are beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool. And, uh, um, one of the most beautiful religions. Um, so you see those people and then, um, well, for any Iranian literature, their, our literature and our, our history is very important. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for reminding me again, why I need to get there, especially for a party in Japan. Although, um, like I, I said earlier, I did have a little bit too much to drink yesterday. Um, <laughs> And I think this is an equally important um, issue to discuss, though, because we've spoken a lot about um, like contrast. So we've not really said it in those words, but it's really important, I feel, to experience these times of things not going the way we expect them to or things sort of just not living up to our expectations, because that does provide us a contrast within our life. And it does sort of let us have a look at that and be like, oh, I didn't like this because this, 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 and this. And therefore, what I do like is when I experience this, 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 and this. For example, you like, I don't like being locked down because it takes away my freedom to go to have a coffee in my favorite bar. Therefore, I really enjoy going to co a coffee bar and having a coffee and maybe be like flirting with an Italian waiter or whatever. <laughs> so with that in mind then, so... I've actually added a new item to my happy list because um, yesterday the reason I had too much to drink was because me and my friends from university decided that enough was enough. We'd, ha we'd been long enough without going out together. So we did a Zoom call. Um, and what we typically, so around this time of year, typically we go away in a caravan in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And yeah and no but it's not a nice holiday it's carnage it's literally like drinking for I think five days straight or something like that however long we go for <laughs> yeah it's not it's not great um actually in the last one I was surprised I survived uh last year's <laughs> one yeah um but anyway we we decided that we would do a zoom call where we all got together and we found a game um so have you ever played cards against humanity um no it's quite an obscene game. It's very obscene. We'll have to play it one day. But we found an online version of that. And honestly, like, we, we started drinking quite early and we just, we laughed for about eight hours straight, I swear. And it's the kind of thing, so what I realised and what I'm putting on my happy list is, um, regardless of where we are and what we're doing, just spending time with those people that know you best and that you can absolutely rinse and, like, rip to pieces because you know each other so well... Um, depending on what you're doing it's just the like one of the funnest things but it comes with a little caveat for me because what I've realized is that drinking the following day I have to sacrifice a day where I don't feel like myself I don't mm. feel my usual energy I actually have to go to my happy list and pick something to do so today I decided to have a really long shower and then I decided to meditate to try and accept today I don't feel my best <laughs> oh, poor thing 
which is very difficult for someone who like me who doesn't relax very well I'm not a very good relaxer I like to be I like to have the energy to do things and get stuff done well um if it makes you feel any better I I I had a meltdown on Friday morning right um, so I found myself well I, I found myself in a horrible situation mm -hmm. physically and uh, what I did was that I left a voicemail to my colleague telling her that hey listen there is no way I can work today um, I'm feeling like this and no I can't work and she heard the voicemail and she called an ambulance to come over to my home oh god um, and um so i i was feeling absolutely like a piece of shit yeah. and i somebody rang rang and i opened the door and i saw this man because of coronavirus they are dressed in a white uniform okay. and a big mask like hazmat and, suits type of thing yes and um I really didn't understand what was going on. So he came in and he asked me some questions and I answered and well, he told me, well, um, he told me that I had to relax a little bit and uh, he injected a very, very strong tranquilizer. Oh my goodness. And I was absolutely high and <laughs> While I was high, my boss, number one in Italy, called me and I had a conversation with him, but I had no idea what I told him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so the last person on the planet that you want to talk to when you're high. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> is the man who employed you six months ago. <laughs> uh, and what was the, like, how did you get out of it? Is everything okay now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything is fine. But the following day, I mean, it was Saturday, he called me again and he was like, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? And I said, I'm all right, but I really need to know what I told you. Yes. <laughs> Put me out of my misery immediately. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> was it well, bad? No, or either he was being nice and he didn't tell me the horrible stuff, but or or I didn't say anything bad. So basically I told him everything about my family and the fact that I want to get the fuck out of here and go back to Iran. <laughs> oh, oh, is that true? Is there truth to that? Uh, well, if, if that's how I was feeling while I was high, it should be probably true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true on some dimensions in some levels. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you, but how, if people want to find out more about you and if people want to sort of see what you're up to and maybe have a little stalk through your Instagram and stuff, where can they find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram and I'm also on Facebook, um, but I'm more active on Instagram. And uh, my name is Shima Gandhi. Mm -hmm. I'll post it. I'll post your handle in the little description. Yeah, so it's been such a delight. And hopefully everyone who's listening will have something to take away from this, whether it be, you know, contrast makes makes the like good times even better or, you know, to appreciate the independence and freedoms that we experience every single day. But regardless, it's been a lovely chat and we will definitely catch up soon. Sure, sweet. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Take Great. Care. You too, darling. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Bye, darling. Bye.